Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Hey, it's the Non-Fungible Podcast, NFP, with your host, D. Klein, and today I have a very special guest. She is a crypto artist, she's a DJ, she's also a model, and a pretty big whale, apparently, a crypto whale. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is Deep Sky Blue. Did I even say your name there? I don't even know if I did. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a lot of these podcasts lately. I'm losing track. That's okay. <laughs> I'll keep you in the flow. That's good. Yeah. So we were just talking before the show and uh, quite a few different topics going on. We were talking politics. We were talking, um, of course, art. We were talking music, you know, uh, where should we start man i tell you what got you into this in the first place i know you were originally in the music scene um kind of actually yes but also in 2013 i had a boss who was mining bitcoin so that was the first time i heard about crypto and so he had he was like building his own computers and mining rigs and i just i thought it was cool but also i was like oh well I don't, I don't think I can like use this in my life. It didn't seem that feasible for me. So I just kind of put it on the back burner. I was like, oh, that's sweet. But like for people who can afford it and know how to build the computers. And then- mm-hmm. Did he lose like, his hard drives? I mean, something happened where he wasn't able to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> how many people have lost their Bitcoins that way? Well, I mean, I have a friend who lost 16 Bitcoin. It got seized several years what? ago for reasons. <laughs> reasons related to an an early adoption of crypto like what it used to be used for just we're thinking like silk road and all that kind of stuff yeah Yeah. probably interesting yeah what are your thoughts on that you know ross Ulbright in prison for Mm -hmm. such a such a severe penalty when you compare it to other criminals yeah i think people who murder or maybe even politicians who do some shady stuff should um have penalties and honestly i don't think the prison system's good in general even for criminals because it's not a reformation system it's an entrapment system and if you get a felony basically you can't do anything in society or even like get a normal most normal jobs or an apartment so like why would you want to contribute to that then and then you basically have to go back to whatever activity that got you there in the first place so it's i big don't business think- in the states man prisons oh yeah it's modern day slavery and it's disgusting that there could be someone you know like a a person of color who got arrested for a gram of weed who's like serving 10 years or something it's completely out of whack with reality yep yeah it's disgusting i thought we had a constitution you make a good point i i really find that troublesome you know uh generally i'm kind of on the line of you know mostly kind of libertarian thinking in a lot of areas but there's certain areas where I go, you know what? This probably shouldn't be a for-profit thing. Mm, yeah. Prison's one of them. Well, and also same with mental health. Um, that's mm. also another thing. And old people homes. It's like there's so much neglect and people are dehumanized and it's sad. But mm-hmm. going tying this back to the Silk Road, um, I'm not sure what his um, time is. But I don't personally think that... Um, I don't think that he should be serving it. And honestly, I think anything with drugs, even like gang activity and things, I think it's just a symptom of a much bigger problem. 
And if people were paid livable wages or had resources to get out of poverty, we wouldn't be seeing, um, you know, the failed drug war. Let's just forget the drug war altogether, guys. Just legalize everything, tax it, mm -hmm. and help people who have trouble with it. Boom. Yeah, totally. Legalize what a waste plans. of money. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're good at that, America. Oh yeah, you're not America, <laughs> but <laughs> we're we're good at stealing and wasting. It's kind of our country motto or something. Well, when like you that. consider it's about half of your taxes that go to bombing the shit out of people somewhere. Yeah, that's so great. We, it's pretty sad, actually. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. I mean, I'm thankful for freedom. I'm thankful that I'm not enslaved currently. However, um, yeah, there's a lot that's wrong. Mm -hmm. We were talking about how you got into crypto art, and then we went straight into some heavy stuff, man. Yeah, so to circle back, um, Bitcoin was the first crypto I heard about. And then just over the past couple of years, I heard about people like just meeting people at like uh, music like parties and events um and like oh yeah i bought a house in bitcoin or oh yeah like i'm bit daddy to all my friends they're like oh this weird yeah <laughs> shout out <laughs> um yeah it's just like i was more intrigued and then another party people were like blockchain is the future and i'm like oh i'm not in the place to be learning right now but like it sounds super interesting for the future but still, you were, you were, you know, intrigued enough to actually take that extra step and actually do something about it, right? Most people just kind of go, eh, that's kind of cool, and then they leave it. Yeah, and that was me since 2013. However, in um, late summer, early fall of 2020, I think through Reddit and a Medium article, I discovered GANs, um, Generative mm -hmm. Adversarial Networks, AI, Art, and... Um, and then NFTs, like at the same time. Mm -hmm. So then I went down the rabbit hole of looking up. I'm like, I had to Google every term. I'm like, what is an NFT? What is an ERC um, 70 or 720? I forget which one it is, but um, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, learning about smart contracts. And then I was like trying to learn about crypto. So I listened to Crypto Casey on Spotify when I would jog. And then I, I was trying to do it right. So I was like, do I get a hard wallet? Like what wallet do I get? But then mm. one night in, I think November, I was just like, fuck it. I'm just gonna try to follow this YouTube tutorial and make a rareable. So I signed up with Fortmatic. Cause I was like, oh, well this is for coding. Mm. And then I had to make a GitHub. I'm like, well, that's for coding too. And then I was trying to buy it and I couldn't buy it because I lived in America, not the UK. So then I had to make a MetaMask to buy it through wire and then transfer it. And then all these fucking fees. Are so wow, you got really technical really quick. Well, I was just like, it was like 2 a.m. during a pandemic. And I'm like, well, what else am I doing with my life? <laughs> so would you say you're, you're a fairly technically capable person though? Like, is that like, was that way out of your wheelhouse or were you comfortable with that kind of stuff? Um, well, it was in the beginning of my wheelhouse. So like, I don't have a lot of coding background. However, I did get into like HTML and CSS in like, you know, 2001 and on. Okay, so you do have some familiar, it's not completely out of left field to you. Kind of, yeah. And like, I had my own domain in 2004 as like a teenager. And there's a site called Neopets that got me into like graphic design. Mm -hmm. And honestly- I recognize the name. I think my kids were into it. Yeah, so there were these things called guilds, which are like groups and like mm -hmm. you can design the layout in the CSS, like make a little website. And then there were BBSs, bulletin board, like forums. And I joined one that a lot of the other artists were on and like 
there's this guy who's just toasting people like with domains and so I learned about like FTP and just you know I did basic like style sheets and like um yeah just like a pretty simple website that was a blog and then when I saw the NFT space I I saw this piece I I don't know the artist's name but he's updating it for eight like up to okay so it's for like his cousins or nephews and like they age every year and he's going to take a new picture of them and he sets up wallets for them and they get like the money from the nft for mm. all the sales and like each year he, he's going to update it with new pictures of them until they reach age 18 and then they get the wallets that's wild and, yeah and that sold for like probably a few eats um and i was like wow that's crazy and then there's another artist on twitter who i saw um he was just super positive and like just promoted love and community and i was like oh maybe this is a nice space and like it got me, I was like obsessed and it reminded me of like back in like 2001 when I first got into graphic design through like Paint Shop Pro and Neopets. And that's kind of where my um, artist name came from, Deep Sky Blue. Mm -hmm. So that was my favorite color to use. And I'm then, guessing that's what that code is in your Twitter handle is the color code. You know, I wanted it to be, but it was taken. Oh. So, so it's it's actually just a little off from Deep Sky Blue. It's like chlorine blue or another one. <laughs> it, it has a couple different names, but yeah, it, it, it is a hex code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. My son is actually super into this programming stuff, coding and all that stuff, but I don't know much mm -hmm. about it at all. Nice. Do you know what languages he's learning? He knows like 15 languages. He's, he's a genius with that stuff. That's he awesome. actually did, made a proprietary flash program so that because flash now is defunct it still yeah. works for him he basically side loads it into his uh, own proprietary version of flash that he created <laughs> kind of like a virtual machine no like he re he coded it like it's flash but it's not flash it's like a knockoff yeah. version of flash it's not an emulator uh, that's awesome yeah so i don't know how he figured it all out he started when he was little you know oh yeah that's amazing i'm all about that like getting kids into code because when you're of that age like your brain just works differently so oh, you man. know it's easier to learn languages for people under eight or whatever mm -hmm. yeah i remember a friend of mine gave him a book when he was 10 it said uh learn javascript in 24 one-hour lessons or something wow. like that. okay and yeah. so he takes this book and he's reading this book and so I go in and check on him and I'm like, so have you tried anything yet? He's like, no, I'm just going to read the book and, you know, learn. Oh, okay. So mm -hmm. reads it some more. I'm like, oh, have you tried anything yet? No. Basically, he reads the entire book. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, okay, now I know how to do it. I'm like, what? Wow. Like he never did it during the time that he was reading it and trying it he just read the whole book and then he's like okay now i know how to make javascript I'm like, what the that's hell? cool <laughs> but, that's awesome. uh, yeah it's cool anyway bragging about my kid now nice. um <laughs> let's get back to you though i want to talk about first of all your your mixing you have a, a identity here deep sky blue on mixcloud.com can you yep. tell me about that um, so that was also when I got into crypto art. I've been DJing for a couple of years, but I wanted to rebrand. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just like to mark the beginning of a new era. And yeah, I mostly do house music and variations like Deep House, Tech House, um, some new, new disco, indie dance, some techno and other things too. And yeah, music's just been a big part of my life forever. Like 
I grew up um, taking piano lessons and then I was in drumline in school. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yeah, I just got into electronic music like 2007, 2008, DJed the first time in 2013 and then started playing in like 2017. So yeah. What's that like now? I mean, that's, do you find a way to get an outlet with that, with the fact that you can't be DJing really right now? Well, yeah, I just took time to like um, record a bunch and then I'm getting ready to live stream and I actually want to play a um, cast to this club called uh, Zardos Club. It's in Crypto Voxels. It's a VR space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you, in the Do future- you uh, have a little plot in Crypto Voxels? I was looking at buying some land. Oh, no, not yet. I haven't really looked into it yet. I was looking at Superworld. Have you checked that out? Mm-hmm. Only it's... Zardos Club and the gallery. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of interested in that. It was uh, Ninja the other day. It was like, oh, you got to buy some real estate in virtual real estate. You got to do it, man. Yeah. And I'm like, I am interested. But uh, I was looking at the sandbox is kind of the newest one. Mm-hmm. And everything's sold out on it. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I was curious, though, with this. You mean when I look at your page here on Mixcloud, you have your a lot of it is with your GAN kind of artwork, and then you have yeah. where you play the music. Are you selling any like MP4s where you have a GAN with the music? Well, I would like to. However, um, these mixes right now are just DJ mixes, so right. it's yeah, other yeah. artists. So mm-hmm, I'm not sure how mm-hmm. copyright would work. I'd rather wait until I produce yeah. more of my own music for stuff like that. And you were saying you were working on which platforms? Was it Cakewalk, you were saying? Yeah, Cakewalk and also learning Ableton. Ableton. I don't I don't know if I've ever seen Ableton. Yeah, it's one of the popular DAWs. Like Ableton, Pro Tools, Fruity Loops, Logic, Reason. Those mm. are probably the big ones. Uh, cool. So Ableton is... Okay, that's cool. And so what? what's your timeline, you think? Are you just kind of tinkering with it now, or do you actually have some stuff that you're putting together on it, or what? I'm just kind of messing around. Like with Cakewalk, I'm I'm just working with like some preset stuff. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know, just kind of learning it and learning sounds and learning like how to layer things and like just kind of like the production side and also um, yeah, just like working on composing. That's cool. Yeah. What's your inspiration for your compositions usually? Like, where do you get the does it just come into your head in some way or do you th- take something and play with it or what do you do? Um, a combination. I'd say like from past experiences, like, you know, shows, but I like so much different music. I think I draw elements from like lots of different genres, including like jam bands and like stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm trying to find my sound and I'm trying to make something that I really like and that hopefully other people like. And um, yeah, it's just like, the process is part of it too. So I'm just trying to like enjoy that and take my time with it. Mm-hmm. You play a lot with sampling at all or is it just, you know, original sounds um, that you're so, for? So I do want to sample, but I, I need to like buy some kind of recorder because I would, I hear sounds like just daily life things. And I'm like, oh yeah, like that would sound great. Just like the weirdest stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I hope to incorporate some of that in the future or a lot of it actually. On Twitter the other day, someone posted a thing where Daft Punk, how they created their One More Time piece and how they derived it from uh, this old disco song. I forget the song. Did you ever see that clip? No, I don't think I have, but I'm super interested. It was amazing. It basically takes this disco song and takes these little samples from it and just rearranges them and 
changes the order of them and I'll have to find the link for it. I'll share it with you later. It's it's very fascinating to see how yeah. they created it. The fact that they were able to take another song and hear, oh, this would work and take those pieces and rearrange them. And it's fascinating to me. Definitely yeah. not something I'm familiar with doing at all. Oh, I, I love stuff like that. And like, that's how my brain works too. It's weird, so. That's cool. Can I ask you about this piece you created called Enigma? The one there's sure. 30 pieces of that. And it looks like pretty much everybody owns this thing. <laughs> like um, you've got MQ, <laughs> Mark Cuban has them. Did you send them to him? Um, so I'll be honest, I did transfer a few to him, but it Why not, looks, right? so yeah. And it was just kind of like a welcome to the space, but mm -hmm. also I posted that on Facebook and people were like, did Mark Cuban buy her artwork on Ethereum? And right, I just right, didn't right. comment. And the other guy's like, it looks like it. And I'm like. <laughs> hey, yeah. you know, it's a good way to get people's attention. When I started, I sent stuff to some artists, right? And uh, it was a way to connect. There's nothing. I don't think you should be ashamed of that at all. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was just a little bit of omission with that. But uh, honestly, if, if people who are famous come into the scene and don't, support the community a lot. I don't really feel bad for using their clout or their name in some way, shape or form. To like You're marketing yourself. There's no shame in that at all. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. It's a cool piece. So, so was this just GAN generated you. or are there other elements to mm -hmm. it that you did manually? No, not GAN at all. Um, okay. Actually, this was, uh, so I downloaded Blender and this was like one of my uh, first pieces. Okay, okay. So I, I really don't know how to do Blender yet. So what I did was I, rendered something and then I took a bunch of screenshots of it and I layered it in PhotoP. This is before I rebought Photoshop. So PhotoP is just like a website that has a lot of Photoshop capabilities. So I just kind of did that and just did something that I was happy with and like colors I liked and it's a nice yeah, composition. So, mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. That's wild. Now I kind of feel like playing with Blender. I've I'm intimidated by the 3D. I feel like it's out of my wheelhouse. I mm -hmm. what I've loved about art doing is because i did it at comics as a kid 2d stuff and so then i've always kind of stuck with kind of the illustrative kind of side of things yeah that's cool have you what's where's your kind of comfort zone um honestly like taking photos and remixing them like i i spent a lot of time using this app called pixar mm -hmm. and it's kind of like photoshop but like i like being able to use it on my phone and just like um, I don't know, for some reason, I'm better with my hands, like doing it like that than like with a mouse. Um, mm -hmm. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. Pixar, I think I have that one too. Didn't I change yeah. their name or is it, am I wrong? Was that another one that changed um, their name? Yeah, I'm not sure which one. Um, there was one called Motion Leap that I think they, they were called something else. Oh, before. yeah. I looked into that too for like NFT stuff, but mm -hmm. also... You have to pay for it to get good quality, and I wasn't yes. ready to invest that five dollars or whatever. I know it's a big commitment. Yeah, like I'll, I'll pay fifty dollars in gas, but not five dollars for an app. I know. I I spent like three hundred dollars on minting the last few days because I was like, oh, it's below a hundred gwei. Quick, mint them, right? I know. And, I, and then it dropped more immediately after I minted. It dropped by like fifty percent. Oh yeah, that's rough. I used to wait until it was between 35 and 50, but now I'm like under 110. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> it's terrible. 
Yeah. Well, no, in Origin, especially the it's super expensive there to mint. I don't know why. It's like double. The, I know. I know why. They they said themselves it's because they didn't program it uh, efficiently. So they're uh-huh. supposed to revamp it, but that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's a frustration for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah. So we've got Enigma. That's a cool, cool piece. You still have some pieces on sale, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if people want to check that out, that's cool. Yeah, and also, go ahead. Oh, also, I'm open to um, considering bids. So if I have something set at one ETH, um, Mm -hmm. I'm not totally set on that. I'd be open to um, talking about that. Yeah, that's like your buy now price. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, I mean, if people contact me and are interested, you know, I'm like, yeah, sure. Thanks for uh, being interested. I'm not going to fight over it. You picked up one of Soundwave's pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just talking with him last night. Oh, nice. Yeah, we actually did a collaboration on Mountain 99. Did and we, we we met through his Mountain project because right? on Twitter, yeah, he posted he was looking for color schemes. And I was like, yes, like, I know this good website that has like these nice, like little color blocks, like palettes. And so I sent him some and he made 23 with some blues I sent. And then we just talked a lot and um, became friends. And He's a cool guy. Did you hear about this thing he's doing where he's kind of getting new artists onboarded? Oh, not exactly. I'm not sure. Yeah, he's doing a thing with the Art Gallery Auction House where he's onboarding new artists. Wonderful, yeah. uh, Basically, Saturdays will be auctions for these new artists. Oh, yeah. To get themselves kind of visible. That's awesome. I'm actually a moderator at the um, auction or Art Gallery Auction House on Telegram, but... I broke my phone snowboarding a couple of weeks ago and I haven't, I just got a new one a couple of days ago, but it, it's used. So I still have to get a SIM card. So. Oh yeah. Right. So. Yeah. That's the thing with telegram, right? Yeah. Cause you need your number to like fully access it. I think. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't remember seeing you in telegram. I'm deeper sky blue. So maybe that's why. Okay. Okay. Well, cool. or no, no, no. It says Emily, actually my name. Ah, uh, that must be why. Myself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we were talking about that before too, secret identities. And you know, yeah. how basically I wound up going with my name because of previous connections and mm-hmm. you know, that's part of marketing yourself too, but you kind of wanted to rebrand yourself. What made you decide to rebrand yourself? Um, well, so when I learned about GANs on Art Breeder, I decided on Deep Sky Blue, and I wanted to stick with that for the crypto art. And um, yeah, with the DJ stuff, it's just like, I don't know, with the pandemic in March, everything kind of got put on, put to a stop really quick. Mm. And I, with DJing, I would be really in it for several months, like three or four, and then take like really long breaks and like work on other things. And I never feel like I fully dedicated myself or was all in. So this was kind of like breaking off an old identity. My old artist name was Emical, which is kind of like chemical in the word Mm -hmm. emic, which is like an anthropological term, which means to like, kind of like going native, like experiencing a culture from an insider point of view. And also it's like a mix of my first two names, Emical. Mm -hmm. But I wanted something different and not like associated with chemical. Thank you. Even though I still want to do the Emical sisters, like the Chemical Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. (laughs) 
And there's an artist, Sin Amical, who is a DJ in LA, who I'm, I'm going to pitch this to. How about Amical Reaction? Uh, maybe. I like that. Or we could do something like that. Maybe we'll do a mix together. <laughs> yeah, that's, that'd be wild. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Talk but, to me about this. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say, like, um, the rebranding was just, like, um, to signify like letting go of some things that weren't working for me in the past and the starting of a new era and also with the name and the color it just the whole crypto and nft space reminded me of getting into web design and graphic design for the first time as like a preteen and just like the excitement behind it and the innovation and how everything's so new and there's so much to learn and like just that excitement and like you know when i was a a teenager i was like, I feel like I was one of the pioneers of the internet because like all the parents and people who weren't in tech didn't know about it because they were working their jobs and raising their kids. So it was kind of like a wild, wild west, you know, before everything was like, you know, immutably recorded. And I mean, there's some stuff like with the Wayback Machine that you can still see, but like, I don't know, it just, it was a different time and it was so new and like, we were all figuring it out. And it was like a place for like teens and like, I don't know, just people like growing up and like, you know, trying to find their identity and like build community in ways that they might not be able to like in school or like your neighborhood. So I thought that was cool. And like, yeah, just kind of like cycling back to that. It's just a really weird, I don't want to even say completion, but like, it's, it's like, it feels like maybe another like chapter to that. Mm -hmm. There is a nostalgic element to it for sure. For myself, right? Where when I'm doing this crypto art, it kind of reminds me of, you know, drawing as a kid or creating yeah. art as a kid. Right? Totally. And it's kind of a, I, I just get lost in time when I'm doing this stuff, right? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Time is weird. I don't like function like a normal human. Like I'll sleep from like 9 p.m. to 2 a.m., wake up, work on art for a couple hours, go back to sleep from 4 to 6 a.m. and wake up like, <laughs> For me, it used to be waking up and checking the Delta all the time to see, you know, what's Bitcoin price at or whatever. And now it's waking up and checking gas fees. Yeah, me too. The gas bots, I follow them. Yeah, I wake up at three in the morning. I'm like, oh, oh, look, I'm going to go yeah. mint that fees quick. Totally. Yeah, I'm the same because it's like witching hours. It's like 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. depending on where you're at. And the only times it might be under 120. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I actually did some some uh, house cleaning this morning because the gas was a bit cheaper. So I finally canceled some sales and moved some stuff around. And that's good. It felt good to do it for just a couple of bucks. Yeah. Instead of like 30 bucks to yeah. take something I've off sale. Yeah. I've asked a lot of my guests this. Are you exploring any other uh, platforms? Yeah, so I just haven't had time, but I'm interested in Ghost Market on mm -hmm. Phantasma Chain. Also, Paris.id, I applied for them a while ago, but I don't know, with near token, I don't know if I've been accepted or not. Mm. I heard they're only allowing like 10 new artists every Sunday, and some people do get priority with that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I do want to look into Nifty Gateway Super Rare and Known Origin, but I need to um, build a portfolio website and like really work on that. Mm -hmm, for sure. And also, I'm also interested in wax. Yeah, I got set up on wax just a few weeks ago. It is pretty wild. It's cool. It's how fast it is, and just there's no cost to minting anything. And really, okay, that's great. Yeah, because that's a big reason why I'm looking into other avenues. Just I don't, you know, even if I make a couple hundred dollars, I don't want to spend 
50 to 80 dollars in fees and then mm-hmm. i don't know it's just a lot i don't i mean it's worth it but at the same time it just feels like a hassle and mm-hmm. maybe it's not necessary yeah i mean what wax the reason why wax is so cheap is because it runs on eos and so that's not a proof of work blockchain it's just a delegated proof of stake so basically because of that all you need to do is um what you can do is just um throw like a few bucks like five bucks worth of wax Mm -hmm. in there and that acts as like a computer's ram sort of thing Mm -hmm. and that's your ram which is basically running your part of the system and from that, you're able to mint, but it doesn't actually take your wax away by minting. You just have to have that much kind of running in the system in order to oh, mint. Oh, cool. So there's no nice. cost to minting. There's no cost to sending art. There's mm-hmm. no cost to trading it with people. Okay. So it's pretty wild. It's it's a little bit unintuitive. I would watch like some YouTube. You're already pretty techie, it sounds like. So you could watch some YouTube videos on how to set it all up. Okay. You can make like a dummy account, you mm-hmm. know, and just test things out. And it costs yeah. next to nothing to do it. Okay. Yeah. That That is actually what I was looking for when I first signed up for Rarible. Mm-hmm. Even though when I did first sign up, I think minting was like five to 20 bucks, mm-hmm. like in late November. So, yeah. And I mean, I think Wax has a different vibe. Like it's more like... Um, like memes or collectibles and memes uh, okay you know like for example i did one with ken bozak where i made did zombies of ken bozak and we made cards of them right so one was like a hundred copies one of them was 10 copies and then there was one that was just a single okay and so it was cool. 111 pieces right and they were all priced variably Accordingly. so what's nice yeah. is that the 100 pieces were selling for like seven bucks each or something like that yeah right so you go but hey that was seven hundred dollars yeah, totally. And right. I like doing low prices too, because that allows more either artists or collectors who are like new to the scene or maybe don't have a lot of money to spend still participate totally without yeah. having to drop, you know, a couple hundred to a couple thousand. Like well, a lot and for the buyers before. too, right? There, there wasn't a cost to them. It was just $7. That was the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. So it is worth examining it for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that'll be my next one. I was thinking about Ghost Market. Well, I'll, I need to look into that. Wax too. is probably, a, you know, a little more established in Ghost Market, obviously, I would mm-hmm. th- say. Um, Paris looks like it's kind of more on the fine art end of things. Um, yeah, so it depends also, what you want to create, right? Yeah. But I, I feel like Paris has been gaining some traction. And also, it's like similar with the collectible card style. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've got to get into that too, actually. I don't know. I've, I'm have i always feeling a little torn, you know, in terms of, okay, should I just focus on these few platforms or should I spread myself out to like a gajillion platforms, you know? Like part of it is that FOMO thing, right? Where it's like, oh, oh, I yeah. see people doing really well on, say, Foundation the other day, mm, right? Now all yeah. of a sudden everybody's on Foundation and everybody's going nuts about Foundation. Yeah, I'm actually interested in that too, but I don't have an invite. So. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so it's uh i don't know how they missed us right (laughs) like someone said the other day i was like so how do you join this platform and they said only cool people get to be on it (laughs) Uh, okay and so they Um, were kidding they were kidding and i I was like so then how did they miss me i don't get it yeah well they don't know you know (laughs) they were joking around but anyway um yeah i am interested in that platform because that seems to be 
it just seems like people you ever see these birds in a flock flying in the sky and then they all suddenly shift direction and then they uh, all yeah. shift direction again together that's what mm -hmm. this feels like it feels like okay mm -hmm. whoa whoa which way are we going right? yeah and it's just yeah. this kind of overwhelming feeling sometimes where it's like how can i possibly keep up with this right yeah it's like you're off twitter for a couple of days and you you don't know that you can sell tweets <laughs> on scent like i sold some tweets a couple months ago and that was cool like what the I've never checked. How do you even check if you've sold them? I don't even know. Well, you would have to sign up. So you link your Twitter to, it's like, I think v.cent.co. I think you're right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you can accept bids if somebody bids on your stuff or mm -hmm. um, you can just link. It's like you link the tweet through their site and then people can sign up and place a bid. So I did this like block emoji ghost thing, deep sky blue ghost and someone bid on that. Sweet. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. And hey, I see you also have a Pollyanne piece in your collection. I do. And yeah, I actually had two, but I, I had my first resale recently, which was one of those pieces. I, I was sad to let it go, but I was also really stoked to be a part of the secondary market. Totally. Yeah, that's cool. She's a cool person. Yeah. Yeah, I really like her work and just, um, you know, like the style and uh, her creations, but also like the story behind the pieces, her creation process, and then also how she is just very genuine and authentic. Um, yeah, it's just really cool to see and also inspires me to be more like that too. Mm -hmm. I just get very energy supportive. from her. I just get a, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if you've seen, but I've done some portraits of her where yeah. she sent me the photos and then I created them. Yeah, there was one you sent, I think that I, uh, um for the interview mm -hmm, mm -hmm. did i did i send one of her i don't remember but anyway i thought so yeah because you're probably i might have yeah um, but no i, I just i like her energy yes yeah that's what yeah. it was yeah same for sure cool yeah and i really appreciate and especially like females in this space who can just show up and do their thing and like yeah, I don't know. It's cool and again inspiring. Totally. Yeah, it's awesome. You've got the uh, Frida there and the Eternal Bloom. I'm assuming that is, or am I wrong? No. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Talk to me about that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Yes. So I created that for um, uh, I'm afraid I'm gonna butcher this. Um, Stella Bell. I I believe that's her name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not Stella. Bell. I actually okay. am gonna okay. be talking with her later this week about her uh, Fuck Wall Street exhibition which i have a piece in that oh very nice that's really cool yeah i like um the topic she does her style and like she does a lot of pieces that that aren't made they aren't meant to like be these pretty things or like you know the spiritual psycho babble it's like really deep cutting like kill thyself it was a comment commentary about like her modeling experience and like like how messed up the industry can be for teenagers and mm. i've experienced some of that too so i really connected so when I saw she was doing a Frida Kahlo exhibit in mm -hmm. um, Crypto Voxels, I, I got involved, but I was really late. So I, I did that in like a day and I, I would have done more and done some different stuff to it, but I actually used um, a GAN to make it like kind okay. of like the illustration. And then I edited it in Photoshop and like did the roses and different things or the flowers. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, so that was really cool. And like to have a piece in an exhibit in virtual reality was tight. And like, I just really appreciate that she put that all together and showcased a bunch of different artists. And yeah, She's on it was fire really lately, neat. man, with the exhibitions and stuff. Yeah, it. it's, it's really cool. Really cool to witness and also get to be a part of. So I really appreciate the inclusion and yeah, just the different creative ideas. And also, you know, with some of the heavier pieces, like the the meaning and the message and actually talking about some of this stuff and like using art as a tool for conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wild. It's uh, it's interesting because I've been doing this podcast since uh, I feel like mid-December maybe. Mm -hmm. And I've had artists on who are like just starting. Like I spoke with uh, Brain Pasta after yeah. he got on Rarible and he'd only been on there for like a few weeks. And so we're talking about him and he's just taken off like crazy lately, right? He had his Surianto piece yeah. on Super Rare and yeah, cool guy. Yeah, he's great. We've connected a lot through the Telegram art group and um, yeah, he's really cool. I like his style and just who he is as a human. We talked about our Denver experiences because I'm mm -hmm. based out of Colorado. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just... I, I like that his style is unique and illustrative and like you can see a piece and be like, oh yeah, that's a brain pasta piece. Like it's yes. pretty um, recognizable, which I think is cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We've got another collab coming out that we did with Harv. Yes. Mm, nice, yeah. It. It's hilarious. It's, uh, that's awesome. It's very much reminiscent of brain pasta style for sure. It's an interesting coalescence of our styles. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And uh I wanted to talk about with you where you see yourself going here in terms of what you're experimenting with um, lately with the art side. Obviously, you've talked about the music side. Mm -hmm. What are you delving into these days art-wise? Um, so basically, I think what I'm going to do is do um, kind of bring in like the style that I'm used to creating kind of like so I've been you know posting art on Instagram for like 10 years of just mm. like photo photo mashups like photo editing and like what I was talking about with Pixar so just like life moments and like doing lots of layering and colors and abstract and like kind of like doing it's like a collage but like really trippy and also like it, it'll have a certain vibe and feeling, but it's it's very personal and like very personal moments of my life and me. And like, I mean, I, I could also go into depth about the stories too. I think I might do that. Um, but also I like it where it's just the piece by itself and it's open to interpretation. And it's like, what do they see or feel? And like, what is their takeaway from this like um, encapsulation of several moments in time, but also mashed up with, a, with more elements and sounds like you put a lot of thought into your work um yeah i'd say for the most part yes um yeah. i mean i i hesitate with that because some of the gan work i feel you know i i there's no i mean there is thought because i adjust the elements but it's generative so but i do go through and like choose and i'll pick out elements and like read it like art reader for example like read it for a certain element and then like learn how things like blend to like try to do something specific with it um and i hope to like in the future code my own gan and like train it on certain images oh maybe even of me or something mm. or like selfies or like do a service for people where i take their self-portraits and train one and like create these portraits of them that have never been made before oh that's kind of creepy but i i think it would be interesting <laughs> it would be interesting yeah i 
I have uh, I picked up recently a Gan girl from Herve that's uh, quite hilariously ugly, actually. Uh, in oh, a, yeah. In a beautiful that, that's way. His, yeah, that's his style, though, right? He's the one who does that, where he takes, like, beautiful women and kind of, like, distorts totally it to, like, it. be, like, gross or, like, really jarring in some way. It is jarring, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, I like the juxtaposition of totally. yeah. contrasting things. Well, and that's where, you know, when you do talk about something being generative, there still is that element of you're controlling it to an extent where you're kind of steering it. You know, it's almost like being in a canoe and going down a river. You know, you're still the one that's steering this thing, although you're not in full control. Yeah. Right? But I, yeah, I also chose the boat and the paddle and plopped yeah. it in the river. And yeah. And I see like there is so much different art um, that's being sold as NFTs. So like, for example, there's like squiggles or like different mm -hmm. blocks, like color blocks. And it's not to say like some people have opinions like, oh, something isn't art or something sucks or this is better than that because X, Y, Z or like this is fine art, this is trash art. And then like, you know, the whole trash art movement and different things like stem from opinions. And but yeah. So I, I appreciate all art. Some things aren't my style. Um, some things I'm more drawn to, like things with color or like reflections or abstract things, or I do like 3D. Um, but yeah, I just kind of going back to that, I think the NFT space is really cool because of like the ownership on like the rights and also like putting power um, in the hands of the artist more so mm -hmm. than media or galleries or like you know all these other people the the middlemen who uh, is are more part of the traditional art world mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well and even if you look at we were talking about this last night if you were to go into a traditional gallery as an artist <clears throat> um a sale you would make probably less than 50 percent of the proceeds from yeah. that sale right because someone who was saying oh man you know i super rare they took 15 percent or something like that i'm like 15 percent is pretty good man yeah yeah and that that was kind of the case with my resale so i was a little sad it took 15 but i was like whatever and then i was happy though i didn't look at the percentage but this was the poly annie piece i was happy that you know she got her percentage too like i like that that the creator can adjust a percentage for resale so they get um paid for those the royalties are key. Yeah. And that's where I think, like we were talking about Mark Cuban, that's where I think the light turned on for him because he was like, mm. you mean I can sell NBA merchandise and make royalties on it forever? Yeah. And honestly, I saw one of his pieces sold for six figures and it's on resale for seven. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Is that right? Holy. Yeah, like six figures something. And then I saw it being resold for 1.5. Oh. wow okay yeah. so that's where you know the light turns on for these folks that are kind of in these big corporations that are like oh what's this right because mm -hmm. they can make that those royalties into perpetuity because never before has you know i say your nba ever made money on any secondary sales once it's sold it's done mm -hmm. and yeah. now they've got that opportunity but so does everybody so does any artist so does any musician yeah, I think that's really cool. And I'm definitely interested as a musician um, to be exploring this space more for things like that. And like, I read somewhere 
So some people like the NFT just as the digital asset and, you know, the connection to cryptocurrency, but some people view NFTs as like, well, what else? Like viewing the NFT as like a ticket. So if you buy a ticket to a concert, you're paying for the concert. Like, so yeah, just like the potential with that, like the unlockable side of things. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I'm kind of exploring, I have a piece called, um, I think it's Graceful Depth. And it was kind of inspired by the Grateful Dead and also some GAN art that blended and also some photos from my life thrown in there too. And with that one, there's going to be an unlockable print that's signed and then a custom DJ mix of your genre of choice. And then a third um, surprise that mm. will be revealed once purchased. Cool. And is that going to be on Rarible then or? It is. It's actually on Rarible. Um, and yeah, it's open for bidding. Which one is it called? Graceful Depths. Grace, graceful Depths. Let me look. Yes. Ah, I see it. Mm, I like that color composition. I've actually been super into these colors lately. I don't know if you've seen them. Um, um, I'm not sure about I'll have to look through recent stuff. Yeah. No, it's nice. So. Yeah. Thank very you. Cool. It must have been the roses. Yeah, so that was just some like Grateful Dead lyrics and the Dead have been like a pretty big influence um, for me for I guess the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. I don't know, just that, you know, that was more like before the pandemic, more like in person, like Grateful Dead bars around the Denver area. Um, so just like the music, but then also the community and the art, like it's definitely like a family and they would like welcomed me and during a really hard time and you know it's a little wild sometimes and there's some crazy stuff but like um <laughs> you know overall i think it's like you know about the music and the love and like family and i think that's really cool and actually if i do sell the piece graceful depths like i will be donating some of that to some of the bars like just for their employees and rent and like trying to stay afloat during this pandemic so mm -hmm. that'll be something awesome. yeah wow that's cool very nice yeah, you have some beautiful work. I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really need to start putting more stuff up. And I'm actually going to be doing another NFT giveaway soon. I just recently did one for like, I don't know if it was 700 followers or 800 on Twitter. But now I'm doing one. 700, yep. Okay, yeah, so 700. That was, I don't know, one <laughs> within the past <laughs> month or so. And now I'm doing the I'm next one up on Twitter again because I lost you there. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So the next giveaway is when I hit one, two, three, zero followers. Ah, and you're at I'm you're at one thousand two hundred thirty-two. Oh, cool! So I hit that just now. There you um, go. Yeah, giveaway so, time. Yeah. So follow me on Twitter, Twitter.com/slash-zero-c-a-f-f-f, which is a hex or code. Or chlorine blue for those of you that are into hex codes. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome right on well hey congratulations on all your success it's good to see thank you so much yeah um when I, any last words anything you want to share in terms of what you're hoping for in the next little bit here um well okay so something that i'm interested in and this was inspired by my time recently in la um 
So with this pandemic, we're going through an unprecedented time of people really struggling, and this includes homelessness, addiction, mm -hmm. um, financial issues. And a lot of the people who need the most help don't have the resources. So someone who comes from like a middle-class family who just, you know, has some credit card debt is different than someone who grew up in the projects who had a horribly traumatizing childhood who's now addicted to drugs and on the street. Like there's different avenues. Like one person could get a part-time job at Walmart. One person is just maybe trying to stay sober or maybe not, like, and just trying to stay alive. Um, and get their basic needs met in any way possible. So one thing that I would love to do in the future is work with people or organizations um, with NFTs, like kind of for like charity, like mm -hmm. um, I think some possible solutions to our homelessness um, crisis could be like communities of tiny homes, but then also pairing up people with like one-on-one, -on -one, and I know this is crazy and very expensive, but like, Pairing up people with one-on-one -on -one support, like social worker, um, therapist, um, job coach, dietitian, um, someone to help them with school. And then even, you know, like the social work stuff, like helping them get an ID or an address or like all this stuff that like, you know, if you don't have it, you don't realize how, how like vital it is to have a phone or an ID or an address for jobs. And, and then like, you know, someone in like community too. So like, you know, they can integrate back into society and then like stay on a path where they're, you know, functional and healthy and like contributing and also like receiving benefits and like stuff like that because, you know, it's really hard and there's no one size fits all solution. And like, you know, there's people who NIMBY is like not in my backyard or whatever. And I understand that too, because no one, a family of 2.5 kids doesn't want to take their little ones to a park with like heroin needles. Totally, like, yeah. But also it's like, well, what are you going to do to help this? And it's not any one person's job, but like it's it's us as like a society that, you know, we can't let these people get like sweeped under the rug or sweeped away with the street sweeping and, you know, everyone loses all their stuff because the city regulated a new spot like for the homeless camps mm -hmm. yeah it's a complicated problem mm -hmm. and we tend to just kind of try to stay away from it yeah well it's, it's hard to see and like you know yeah it's there's no one size fits all approach but like i would really like to use like nfts or crypto to like help that in some way mm -hmm. shape or form just to like fund whether it's a nonprofit or like different organizations or like the tiny home creation, I think that would be really cool because mm -hmm. it would be small spaces. Um, it could be like, you know, solar power and different things like exploring clean energy and exploring like, you know, smaller communities and different things that I think, you know, society as a whole could benefit from mm -hmm. or like community gardens too, things like that. Um, so working on becoming more self-sufficient, but also helping people who really, really need that kind of help. Have you heard of the giving block? Um, I don't think so, but it, it's block a little is familiar. A, basically, it's a crypto-focused platform that enables charities to receive donations via crypto. Oh. It's called the giving block. They have probably more than 100 charities. Um, okay. At awesome. Christmas, I did a a 12 part series of 12 days of Christmas with zombies and sold about half of them and then donated that through the giving block. 
It's very slick. It's set up really nicely. Basically, when I sold them, I just took the Ethereum. I picked the charity on their website. Again, it's called the giving block. You pick the charity, uh -huh. you say how much you're donating, and you get a tax receipt. Okay, that's, that's wonderful. I will like that and also recommend it. Yeah, uh, my focus was on um, empowering girls uh, in schools, places where they didn't have the opportunity for education. Um, so I'm a teacher, so that was kind of a thing that I felt um, resonated for me. So I picked all charities yeah. that had to do with, um, it wasn't just exclusively girls, but there was a focus that I did on that because you know I see that being a problem around the world, especially in developing countries. Yeah, I think that's really wonderful. And um, yeah, that's great. And we, we need more focus on education and more specialized approaches for people to really highlight talents and then, yeah, bring up the people who might be at a disadvantage for whatever reason, whether it's gender or location, like household things. Right. And it's things we take for granted sometimes if you are a middle class type person, you know, you're like, you know, you have an address. It's not a problem. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know what? There are people who that's a serious problem. Like, how are they supposed to get employed if they don't have an address? You know? Yeah. Or even receive like um, government aid for mm -hmm. health insurance or benefits. You, I think you do. Or I think they can help you with that. But I think you do need an address, though. Right. But if you're struggling with, say, mental health issues, you might not be in a place where, mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to get that kind of assistance. Right. So, yeah. again, it, it is a complicated problem. And there are things that, you know, need to be done in a lot of different ways but there i think you're right i think that crypto can be a huge factor in elevating people out of those situations yeah i think that would be really cool and just like you know there's so many there's so much potential for like the ethereum blockchain with dApps and um different usability and then also just the fact that the crypto is also it also like functions as a stock so it gains value well it can lose it too but like you know, the investment piece and then, you know, making money from that and then reinvesting it in different things. Mm -hmm. Well, and the fact that you can be in a developing country and use this stuff and it can sustain you. It can be enough to live on, right? Yeah, I think that's really cool. Like thinking about third world countries and if they got something for 0 0.05 ETH, like that could be, that's a lot of you money, know, a, yeah. a week or two's money. And yeah, it's just, that's so cool. And I really hope to see, I don't know anyone personally who's benefiting like that, but I really hope people like that do come into the space and like they can be onboarded just how like governments have onboarded Facebook and it's all been skewed for political crap. Like, mm. you know, but like crypto for the good and you know, helping people get connected with that kind of technology. Totally. I was speaking with someone yesterday, I won't say who, who was uh, <laughs> using their, um, do you know, mural.art paint airdrop? Mm -hmm. No, mural.art. Uh, M-U-R-A-L-L dot A-R-T, art. Okay. Um, let me just double check that. I'm not saying the wrong link because I don't know if there's fakes set up. You got to be oh, careful with you. this stuff, right? Because... Yes. You connect your MetaMask to the wrong thing. It would be a big deal. So yeah, M-U-R-A-L-L.art. Yeah. -L -L art. Okay. Um, and if you've been um, a crypto artist, you probably have an airdrop sitting there waiting for you. Now, I'm still going to investigate this, and I'm not telling anybody that this is safe yet. I, oh, I, okay. You know, I, I wouldn't go ahead yet with, you know, signing off on it, but look into it. And I'm not holding myself responsible for any losses on anyone's part here. But okay. what I've heard 
is that what they're doing is an airdrop of paint tokens. And mm-hmm. you could turn around and just sell them on Uniswap. Okay. Uh, but yeah, definitely do your own research on this before you go connecting your wallet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you've been selling art, you've probably got an airdrop there sitting there waiting for you. Anyway, this person oh. is, yeah. I forget which country they were in, Nigeria or Kenya. I can't remember. Okay. And they use their paint airdrop to mm-hmm. pay for their kids' school fees for the year. That's amazing. Right? Like, that's a that's, big deal. That is so cool. And, you know, growing up, I grew up in a suburb south of Chicago, and I went to a private Christian school until second grade. And, like, my parents were able to afford that back in the 90s. But, like, yeah, a lot of this stuff, in even college for our country or, like, you know, Canada, US, or I'm not sure how Canada is, but the States, like just stuff, school education isn't affordable for a lot of people. And that's a huge problem. Yeah, it's set up quite differently in Canada. You can get a pretty good education here with public systems. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And it's kind of too bad the States doesn't put more emphasis on that, I feel. Yeah. But they're too I busy mean, building bombs. Yeah. <laughs> and <Yeah>. prisons. <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing, but it's sad. Yeah, yeah, we got our priorities lined up real nice, huh? Yeah, I'm guessing some people disagree with me, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, and I get it. Sometimes I laugh when I'm really uncomfortable, so, you know. Yeah, no, my laughter can be misinterpreted <laughs> sometimes because I'm laughing at something that's really quite a tragic thing. Yeah, and I understand that. And sometimes people think like, oh, he doesn't take it seriously, or they don't take it seriously, they don't care, or they're just a big a-hole, but... I am a bit of an a-hole, but that's not why I was, you know. (laughs) Well, yeah, sometimes you have to laugh because it is really heavy and you have to find levity and like be okay and not, because if everyone's just weighed down by all the problems, then we can't really move through them and help and like, you know, come up with these innovative ideas to try to combat some of these things. Mm -hmm. I think more of it is I laugh at the ridiculousness of it. Like the... Yeah, like how did we get here? (laughs) It's so messed up. Right? I know. And uh, yeah, I think crypto is one way to work on fixing it. It's not going to get fixed overnight, but I think it's no. it's, a, it's a tool that can be used yeah. for that, for sure. Definitely. And also with the states, uh, the United States and just our government and like the crazy show that it's been, I think people are kind of, you know, having less trust in old mm. um, institutions and old ways of how things were governed. So I think cryptocurrency really fits into that picture as in, you know, something with decentralization. So taking power away from just one, like, main source or several main, you know, banks, for example, for that. So, and giving the power back to the people and it's also immutable and it's checked. So it's not like we can just make it up as we go. And, but I mean, we kind of are, but it's still like trustworthy and it's like for the people, by the people and yeah, and as much as they try to take over it, it's pretty much impossible for them to do that, right? Yeah. So, very interesting. Yeah. I feel like as long as the internet's still around, um, you know, so will crypto and the blockchain and it's there forever. So that's really cool. We don't even need the internet at this point. We have... Really? Oh, the hard you wallets. Can, you can do uh, mesh networks. You can you can uh, mine over mesh network. You can do transactions via satellite there is a satellite that's you know part of the bitcoin network now you know like obviously if the internet went down we'd have bigger problems 
But yeah, I was thinking like a solar flare or something catastrophic. Like Right. Yeah. But there are other ways to maintain that network besides the internet. Interesting. Wow. Even if really you think, cool. for example, if you were to take your <clears throat> public and private key and mm -hmm. make, say, a paper wallet, you could still pass around value, even just with a piece of paper. Yeah. So it doesn't strictly require the internet. It's nicer and faster and simpler with the internet. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, hey, thank you very much for the conversation. I really appreciate it. And uh, I wish you all the best with your upcoming projects. And that's really cool that you're kind of getting into the charity side of things. Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I just, I feel like I've been given a lot of opportunity in my life and through my 30 or 20s and I just turned 31 yesterday. And just through my time, I've kind of been in and out of a lot of projects and things. And I feel like it's my time to really explore what I'm here to do and also to give back because I've been given so much through friends and family and just opportunities that other people might not have. So I That's really awesome. want to thanks. Yeah. yeah, great. Well, hey, really nice getting to know you a little bit and uh, we'll keep in touch. Likewise, and that sounds really good. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon.